Hello and welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, quipster.net. You can find many of my reviews uh, that you hear on this podcast in written form at that website, along with about 3,500 uh, reviews of films from the past. Feel free to uh, peruse them at your leisure. Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, feel free to also click on the email me link and let me know what you thought of the reviews. Uh, speaking of, you'll probably want to also go there if you're a big fan of the movie I'm about to review. I'm going to give it a positive review, but as so often happens when I review a film, it happened with Avengers Age of Ultron, it's going to happen with just about any film in which there's going to be uh, fan fervor. Um, sometimes a positive review is just not positive enough unless you declare it a masterpiece. And a lot of critics have been de- declaring that uh, as such, and a lot of fans as well. Um, but we'll see what my reasoning is for not giving it a masterpiece rating. Uh, nevertheless, I'm going to give it a recommendation. But um, I don't know. I have a feeling I'm going to get some emails nonetheless. The film we're talking about today is Mad Max Fury Road. 30 years after the previous Mad Max film, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, uh, which came out in 1985, um, well, we have finally a, a follow-up. Despite many uh, starts and stops to to doing so, uh, George Miller, who was the original director for all three of the original Mad Max films, although he did only co-direct the third one, um, he returned, so it re- automatically you, you have to give it uh, cred for being a Mad Max film, even if they've swapped uh, the original Mad Max out. You know, it, originally Mad Max was played by, uh, famously, Mel Gibson. He's been replaced by Tom Hardy. Uh, I guess there's a, a, a slight difference in terms of focus here because Mel Gibson, when he was playing Mad Max, was not a star at the time, whereas Tom Hardy... Uh, is definitely a known quantity and definitely uh, brings some sort of star quality to this film. So um, I guess I'll get into the review now. Um, Charlize Theron also stars Nicholas Holt, uh, Hugh Keesburn, who uh, played the... You know, the the interesting thing for Mad Max fans is that Hugh Keesburn is... Uh, Toe Cutter from the original 1979 Mad Max. He was the main nemesis in the very first Mad Max film and is the main nemesis in this film. And uh, Zoe Kravitz is in it, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, and a whole cast of other lesser-known uh, actors and actresses. Um, as I mentioned, George Miller does direct again here. He also co-writes the screenplay along with Brendan McCarthy and Nico Lathuris, who had a, actually a small role in the original Mad Max film. Um, so critics are going mad, literally just about, uh, for Mad Max Fury Road in a way I, I don't really understand, um, even though I do feel that it does deliver the goods action-wise and with sufficiency enough for me to give it a recommendation. It, def- it definitely is whacked out fun and a welcome return. I love the Mad Max films and so why not? You know, I, I want to see more of these movies, and you know, in a way, I'm I'm just always hoping that maybe each movie can can bring more nuance to the role. Uh, but then I got what I wished in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and maybe that was a little too far afield from where the uh, you know the original, the more humble origins of Mad Max. 
Um, this one kind of splits the difference because it's a return. You know, if you, if you follow the backbone of the plot, it's very similar in some respects to um, uh, the best of the film series, which uh, many consider. Uh, although maybe now, um, because of the, uh, I, I guess the collective hype. <laughs> I don't want to say it's hype because I think that hype. Uh, can off, you know, to some people often means, uh, marketing, but to me, hype just means, um, whenever you feel compelled to like something, uh, just regardless of what, you know, regardless of how you would have, uh, received it, uh, in a bubble, you know, if you were independent, if you came into this movie not knowing anything about it or what other people's opinions are, how much you like it, uh, will you know that's what what that's what stands however how much you like it knowing that everybody else is just frothing at the mouth uh uh saying this is the best thing ever um if you feel compelled to be swept up in that then i consider that hype as well so um in my reviews you should know i always take into account even though i do hear other people's opinions, I never take other people's opinions into account, and I always judge it based on what I think personally. Um, I do when I do the review, and, and the review I'm about to do today does also uh, take into account that I know that it has 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and you know an 8.9 average, and you know on, on IMDb at the moment it's like 9.3 or something like that. So I know that collectively there's people out there that are just cannot get enough of this at the moment but you know i felt the same way when pirates of the caribbean came out and and most people don't even think about that today and you know all these movies uh get their chance to shine in the spotlight and what happens the next time a big movie comes out people tend to forget uh, about this one so i have a feeling it'll subside over time and it'll eventually even out and and be just the entertaining fun movie it was intended to be and not this glorified masterpiece that people keep beating their chests about um so the plot if you want to talk about a plot in a mad max movie why not uh this time out max rockatansky and actually he gets his name in the credits as that um because most people don't know that max has a last name uh that was the name in the original mad max but um you know, it's it's one of those things that gets lost over time. He's always reluctant to say his name, and actually, that becomes part of of this film as well. If you watched Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, he even introduces himself as the man with no name, uh, kind of an homage in a way to the spaghetti western origins of the series. I would say this movie is definitely f- very far removed from uh, those spaghetti western type origins. In fact, I wouldn't call this much of a western at all even though there probably are a few elements here and there um there's a certain you know it really feels more modern and uh takes into account probably a lot of um uh japanese uh influence as well and if you know your mad max fans you know that mad max is huge in japan so why not pay attention to to that big audience out there that uh that really loves it because it's going to be a, a monster hit in Japan, including the United States and Australia, obviously. Um, now, Max Rokitansky is played here by Tom Hardy. Um, he's an established actor playing this complex, troubled, anti-hero type in many other movies. Um, a natural fit for this part. 
he, you know, Max has never really been written with a lot of uh, backstory. You know, you just know that he was a, a cop. He loses his family. He roves the wastelands and uh, it eventually becomes kind of a reluctant hero to help out uh, good people who are being assaulted by people uh, who are using evil uh, to hold power over the good. Um, so in this film, it's it's a, uh, you know, it's hard to describe it as a remake. It's not a remake, for sure. It's definitely not a remake. But is it a sequel or is it a reboot? That's the real question. Um, the film starts off with a montage um kind of giving you some clips here and there of, or at least some sound bites and other things that are taken directly from the original film trilogy. So I would say it definitely uh, has, at least technically, it's a re, uh, it's it's a sequel. However, where it fits and why, you know, where it fits in the, in the, uh, in the realm of, uh, of Mad Max films in the timeline, I would say uh, it's in that case it's more of a reboot because I don't see how really uh, you can make a case that this has any direct tie-ins with any of the other uh, directly Mad Max stories, with the exception of of some of these clips. Um, so really, it's 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 a sequel, but also a reimagining. If that makes any sense to you at all. Um, so in this movie, Max's travels, you know, as we, we always find him traveling somewhere and then finding new people, it, it, uh, his travels lead him to abetting a fierce and a, a heroic woman named Imperator Furiosa, who's played by Charlize Theron. Um, eventually, one, you know, after a big, you know, opening, uh, action sequence, uh, in which Max is <laughs> become kind of a, what they call like a blood bag. He's supplying blood for, for somebody while they're involved in this big crazy chase sequence. Um, he, but he, he, to cut to the chase, uh, his, he ends up, uh, kind of abetting, uh, Imperator Furiosa, Furiosa who herself is going on a, a, uh, a cross country journey in this mega tanker truck, uh, through a desolate wasteland to, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I want, want to really get into the details of what it is she's transporting, but basically she's taken something, uh, she, she worked basically as a, uh, for this, uh, slaving despot named Immortan Joe, who we see at the beginning, uh, lording over his minions, uh, by because he's hoarding all of the water and all of the the food and nourishment and kind of has created his own quasi religious society where he's the god and everybody else is really subservient to him because he holds all of the resources. Um, so she eventually doesn't see eye to eye with him about something and so she takes something that is very valuable to Joe and is going cross country to make her way to I guess some sort of Shangri La. Where uh, she can be free from this his t- tyrannical uh, iron fist, but he's gonna get what's his, and so he is heading out there along with many of his men in order to uh, uh, stop her, basically, and get back what he feels is rightfully belongs to him. Um, now, this uh, you know, it's hard to say anything more than than that because really the whole, most of the movie is one big humongous chase sequence. 
Um, and there are moments here and there of, of respite, but for the most part, um, this is a big action movie and it really concentrates a lot on action. And so for action fans, obviously you'll probably be really ecstatic, um, at the, at the commitment to action. Um, and I would say about 80% of the action in this film is done with practical effects. There are special effects, to be sure, and there's some green screening going on. A lot of it looks uh, very fake, um, which is kind of to its detriment in, in a certain respect. But you still have to give credit because compared to other blockbusters that come out nowadays, uh, at least it feels like, like there's some real stunt work going on. Whereas today, you know, you watch a Fast and Furious film or... Or Avengers are one of these, and almost all of them are, are rife with special effects. So um, this one has at least some authenticity, which is kind of faint praise in a, in a way because it still looks fake compared to the original Mad Max trilogy. A lot more fake, but um, different times, I guess. Um, now George Miller's, uh, you know, as I mentioned, he returns here, and he and I think that I think that that is really needed. I think that if Anybody else had directed this film, um, it probably would have been viewed in a more critical light. Perhaps that would have been good because I, I feel like maybe this is being overstated as the best movie of the year. Um, but you know that awaits to be seen. I wonder, I wonder what uh, how we'll feel at the end of the year. Whether this will be uh, forgotten by the time the next huge blockbuster comes out. Um, the clips and sound bites at the beginning of the film, I think, are also needed too, in order to kind of um, pay homage to uh, to the original series. You know, because I think that it it, it really needs that tie-in. Um, there's there's no mention as to why uh, you know Tom Hardy is younger in appearance than uh, Max is in Beyond Thunderdome. You know, uh, a lot of uh, people have said that Max is you know Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome takes place 15 years after Road Warrior, and so does this go in between them? I guess that would make sense. Um, or maybe, you know, like most of the people who watch a Mad Max film, it's it's best not to overthink it, I guess. Uh, so continuity, don't worry about it. Just watch it, and, and you know, you know the basics. That's all you really need. Um, Tom Hardy, his Aussie accent is iffy, I would say. Um, it, it's kind of inauthentic. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue, though, so it, it's not a big deal. Um, I think that Hardy does, you know, if you're going to replace Mel, Mel Gibson, who's really uh, fits like hand in glove as uh, the original Mad Max, it's hard to divorce. Uh, it's hard to divorce your memory of of uh, of uh, Mel Gibson in the role, but I think Hardy does a pretty good job, nonetheless, because he he has gravitas. He he really does a lot with a little. Um, just his expressions and the, the way that he conduct, he carries his body, uses body language. I think is he brings so much to it. He's a, he's a really good actor, you know. Even though he's taking a lot of roles that are not necessarily uh, needy of a good actor, uh, I think that he, you know, when you watch Hardy in this film, he gives you the nuance that you need because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, and so I think that he does a lot with a, li- a little, like I said. Um, but at the same time. Uh, he's also basically the, the one of the least interesting characters in the movie, and I think that for people who have this notion that Mad Max is the star of the film, I think that um, that may be the subject of, of debate because I think Charlize Theron, as Imperator Furiosa, uh, 
feels like much more of a traditional lead character, and she has more of a story arc here, um, and is more approachable and sympathetic. You know, you know what she's up to. You know what she's, you know, you, you kind of feel much more uh, invested in her and what she's trying to do than anything Max does. Max just seems like he's along for the ride for the most part. Um, the other thing is that, you know, with a movie called Mad Max, he's also one of the most sane uh, people in the film. The only time that you ever see anything remotely uh, with him being mad, uh, at least as compared to other characters, is that he has uh, flashbacks in his mind of, of past traumas of, of people who he, could, he couldn't save. And, um, you know, uh, he, he's troubled. But uh, if you compare him to... You know, obviously, the bad guy of the film, uh, uh, Immortal and Joe, or any of his minions, and he has these uh, these war boys that are almost albino with you know bald heads, and they're all you know cracked out. They're they're hooked on this chrome stuff they spray in their mouth, and they're willing to die because they they live, they die, they live again, and all of this uh, pseudo religious mumbo jumbo that they spout. Uh, Max is definitely uh, not nearly as mad as any of those characters. And so, you know, it would be nice if Mad Max were actually mad. But uh, given the circumstances, uh, I would rather be uh, stuck alone with Max than just about anybody else in this film on the other side. Uh, so Max is, is very taciturn and... and, and you know, really hard to get a beat on. And so you, you, you just identify more with Charlize Theron. And so, uh, you know, some people have said she's the real star of the movie. I won't argue with that. I, Mad Max gets enough screen time, I think to justify it. And really, uh, if you really follow all of the Mad Max films, it's all, all it is, is he goes to another town. It's almost like watching, uh, an episode of the original incredible Hulk or one of those shows from the seventies where, you know, the, the hero goes to, one town writes wrongs and then goes to the next one in the next episode. And so, um, I guess that's basically the formula here. You, you know, Mad Max is always going to be the, the conduit for all of this stuff that, that ends up happening. And eventually he'll get caught up in the climax and become a hero. But, um, I would say it's really not that much different than some of the other films that we've already seen. Um, the dramatic and emotional scenes in the film, um, there aren't really that many of them there. So I would say that if you're going into this film expecting some sort of big, you know, to identify more than, say, with Charlie Theron in a minimal sense, um, perhaps you're looking for the wrong thing. Um, I, I would also say, you know, in Hardy's defense, he doesn't have much of a character to really expound upon. All he has to do is just uh, act for the moment and so it, I, I think it's unfair to really knock him for his performance here compared to other films in which he's, you know, f- phenomenal. Uh, because really it's, 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 the screenwriters don't give him that much of a juicy part to play. Now, if you're listening to this review, um, and you, you're probably wondering why I had all this, this, uh, this uh, damage control at the beginning about why I'm not going to give it five stars or, you know, and you're probably just, Oh, you're just so upset about anything that anything critical that I might have to say. So I just say, relax, relax, everyone. It's just my opinion. Now, I I do admire all of the stunt work in this film. It's it's great. Um, you know, the best money can buy. The special effects, occasionally it's too CG for me, but 
you know, it's it's well, it's it's really nice looking. So I can't say, you know say that that wasn't a plus there. Um, all there's a lot of quirky character touches in this film. I mean, you know, these are not like nameless henchmen that all wear the same thing. I mean, every every bad guy has some unique quality to him, and it's just. You know, it's really rich in terms of character touches, even though there's not a lot of dialogue and not a lot of exposition. The amount of care and time and energy that went into creating each character and their look and their uh, their personas, and that I have to give the filmmakers credit for as well. Uh, exposition to me, I you know, when I watch a movie, I would rather be shown something. This is a movie, not a book. I want to be shown something rather than told something. So if you can tell the story without a lot of uh, exposition, then that's probably the best way to go. This is as minimal as you can get in that department. Um, and, you know, the the world that, that George Miller creates here is so off the rocker. Uh, it's, it's really what you want from a Mad Max movie. So while I'm admiring it consciously, um, you know, this at the same time I'm not, I'm also not absorbed in the moment, and I think that that's really what I ultimately have to say about the movie is that I admire all of the bells and whistles that are in this film. There's, you know, the 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 crew come out and they have a heavy metal guitar player that's playing, you know, guitar to to kind of. Uh, shore up the troops and it's, it's and there's battle drums and there's pole vaulters and there's these retro mod car designs i mean everything is so well thought out and fantastical even though it's not necessarily realistic that uh i i i can't help but sit there and admire all of this with a smile on my face but at the same time i'm just not actually involved along with the characters and their plights so much as I am just sitting there waiting for, okay, what's the next oddball development that's going to occur? So it's so much to soak in from a visual standpoint that perhaps all of this, the multitudinous distractions kept me from really getting into this plot that they have underneath it. What little there is, I suppose. So... You know, maybe maybe it's you know maybe it's uh, a second viewing might actually help, but uh, you know there's not a lot of effort to kind of draw out plot or, or character motivation in this movie, so maybe not. So uh, I I would say what kind of movie this is is it's the kind of movie where you're sitting there and you're probably pointing at the screen to a friend or whoever's seeing the movie with you and saying, hey, check that out. Look at that cool little tidbit up there. You know, anytime something unique happens, oh, look at the side of the screen, there's another funny thing. Or, you know, you're, you're kind of nudging your friend to kind of pay attention to, of all the little details that they put into the movie. But at the same time, it's not really the kind of movie where you point at your friend and uh, because your friend is so enwrapped in what's going on that he's either standing, sitting there with mouth agape, shocked, or surprised, or biting his nails, or digging into his armrest, or screaming aloud, because it's not that kind of movie. It's the kind of movie where you watch and you admire from a visual component uh, all of these crazy things that he put in it, but you're not really watching and, and being blown away by the actual story and the actual depth of, of the characterizations and how tragic it would be if any of them were to meet their uh, untimely demise. That's not the kind of movie this is. 
And so while I would consider it, you know, uh, a pretty good action movie, uh, what a, a truly great action movie is all about is not that, you know, I want to be on board. I want to feel like I'm truly engaged by what's going on. I want to be screaming in my seat when, you know, I, 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 I want to feel like I am so into this story that when the action actually happens, I am so invested in what's going to happen at the end of it that I, 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 you know, my mouth is dry because I just can't take it. But this movie's not that. This movie's just like, wow, that was cool. Oh, look at that guy. Oh, that's funny. Or, oh, that's, you know, that, that's the kind of movie this is. So it's also a bit more surreal and otherworldly. It feels like this, the, the, even though this is kind of supposed to be set in our near future, it feels like it's, it's set on a completely other world. And I, I realize this is post-apocalyptic genre filmmaking. And, uh, you know, because George Miller kind of helps revolutionize that form of cinema you you have to kind of give them some slack but yet you know it feel it feels as much uh these characters feel as much as they're they're part of an alien world as anything uh and it's 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 a little you know you, you just have to kind of take it as that it's not really of this earth and um it's it's really cartoony too and it it kind of reminds me some of the humor reminds me of a mix of Terry Gilliam and I would say you know even beyond thunderdome had some Terry Gilliam like elements to it but uh but as i mentioned because of the japanese influence um it 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 also feels like a live action adaptation of some sort of anime property um you know especially if you see immortan joe i mean his character looks like a main nemesis that you would find in in one of these, uh, in one of these big, uh, Japanese, uh, f- uh, crazy action films that, uh, action fantasies. So, uh, you know, no, I, w- I would say that, you know, I, I kind of miss the, the Western part of it. I, I do think that Fury Road is fun and entertaining to a good degree. It has phenomenal design work. Uh, it's beautifully ugly. If, if that's, that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I mean, it's an ugly world, but it's beautifully done. It's really rich. Uh, the costumes are, are fantastic. The makeup, you know, if this gets any Oscars, I think it'll be in those categories. I mean, it, they really do a great job there. Uh, but I can't really agree that it's much better than that. I mean, it's, it's, it's all of these, uh, visual aesthetics that I am praising the film for and for its, its design. Um, and not necessarily because I really, you know, if I were to read a book based on the story that's here, I would find it a very boring book. I'm sorry to say, because it's not that great of a story. I don't find the characters that interesting. It is just a visual experience. And, um, you know, I, I know that there's going to be some hate mail that I'm going to receive because of, of these statements that maybe I'm sliding what's obviously a great work of art, but, uh, I, I don't. I don't agree with it. I don't think that it's a work of art. I think that it's it's a great work of, of visual uh, action filmmaking, but that's as far as I'm going to go. It's fast-paced, certainly. It's frenetic. It's pretty cool, you know? And it goes... It's two hours, and it, it keeps it going at a breakneck speed and, and, and feels like one big, long chase sequence. When, and obviously, if you're, in, uh, you're an adren- adrenaline junkie, 
There's not, you know, there are a few moments to breathe here and there. I think I find those as very necessary. If this, if they didn't have those breather moments, I know some people might criticize them. I feel like I would have had a really hard time. I I probably would have even given given it a negative review for not, you know, for basically just piling on and not necessarily having any any focus. But no matter how many kooky special effects and uh, crazy character quirks they toss up on the screen. I still would gladly take the older and much lower budgeted film, The Road Warrior from 1981 over Fury Road. And all of the special effects in The Road Warrior were practical versus most of them here. But that, just having them all practical makes it feel so viscerally real that when people are getting in harm's way, I actually felt it much more. And it's great to be out in the in the Australian uh, outback and see all of that desert instead of feel like all of it's been green screened. You know, when you watch this movie, it's almost what, like watching a very well produced you know video game cutscene because you have all of this backdrop that looks great, but it looks fake. So, um, yeah, it kind of takes you out of the moment sometimes. Uh, I would rather have the film done on the roads instead of half done on somebody's computer. Uh, Miller's now done, you know, in, in addition to this, my other big nitpick is that the, the climax of this film, and it, it's, it's the whole second half of the movie, you know, it's one big chase scene, but it really is, you know, Miller in these, in, in Road Warrior, in uh, Beyond Thunderdome and in this film has basically made the same climax three times. And so it's just it just feels like it's overdone now. You know, at the end of The Road Warrior, you had a truck that's taking on all of these crazy other, you know, motorcycles and cars and other vehicles that are surrounding it, trying to take it down. In the, uh, in the, uh, Beyond Thunderdome, it's a train. And it's basically the same scenario, but with a train. And in this one, we're back to a truck. Now, this is an armored truck, so it's a little different, and you have, uh, different, I guess, circumstances, but it's the same thing. It feels like it's, it's, you're seeing the same thing over again. So if you've just recently watched the trilogy, like I have, um, then you're probably like, okay, well, here it is again. If you haven't seen a Mad Max film in the 30 years since the previous one came out in theaters, or perhaps have never seen one before, maybe it's a big revelation to you. I don't know. But uh, maybe that's why there's all this uh, this fervor that's out there. Maybe people just don't remember that <laughs> basically this is this is the blueprint. It's, it's, it's the formula. So I, I have to say, I'm sorry, if this review which should have been all positive, now comes off sounding negative. Um, the rave reviews that have come out have practically forced my hand to actually talk about its flaws more than I really want to. So by saying I recommend this film, I also have to say I don't, but I don't recommend it as much as all these other people because I feel like I, I, I think that it, you can oversell this movie because really it's... It's a great action movie, but not not anything more than that. I, I, I would put Fury Road above the original Mad Max. Uh, I definitely put it above Beyond Thunderdome. So I, I guess I would say it's second uh, in terms of my my uh, my love of the, the Mad Max movies. 
to the Road Warrior. But regardless of this collective fervor that I'm talking about that has taken hold for this entry, for my for my taste, uh, I think there's still a lot of room, a lot of room for improvement in this franchise. So the I guess the irony in that is that it leaves me, even though I'm not as high on it as many others are, it leaves me still awaiting the next entry almost as eagerly as those who think that this is a masterpiece because I know that there can be better stories and better ideas than the ones that are used in this film. So I'm going to be giving uh, Mad Max Fury Road three stars out of five. Not five stars, three stars out of five. Three stars means that it is recommended for genre fans. If you're an action fan, I say definitely recommend this to you. If you're not somebody who likes action, you know, if you're one of those people that watches chase sequences and gets kind of bored and wants them to get back to the story, and there are people out there that are like that, I know a few of them, this is not the movie for you. But if you are one of those people that gets bored during the talking sequences, just says, get back to the action, that's what I want to see, that's the movie. Then this is the movie for you. So it's a recommendation. As much as it sounds like I, I'm not giving it one. <laughs> so if you want to send me hate mail, you can do so. Uh, you can reach me at quipster at gmail.com. You can also find me at, uh, uh, on Twitter at quipster. You can follow me, uh, if you want to get, know when I, I post the latest, uh, uh, written reviews, you can like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash quipster.net, or you can even follow me Every day, uh, every day or two, I post a new review. You can find me. All of all of these things are linked on my website, quipster.net. The spelling for Quipster in all of these is Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. So, thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoy your time at the movies. And heck, even if you think I'm wrong about this not being a masterpiece, I am glad that you. Uh, went to the movies and had a great time nonetheless. So uh, even if you don't always agree with me, I hope that you do listen to the show and at least respect my take because I respect yours. My name is Vince Leo, and until next time, enjoy yourself at the movies, everyone. <laughs>